I'm Dr. Morcise J. Beasley, Superintendent of Clayton County Public Schools. You're listening to Be Inspired with Beasley, a podcast aimed to inspire and lift our community with actions that add value to the lives of our students here in Clayton County. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Morcise J. Beasley, Superintendent of Clayton County Public Schools right here in the metro Atlanta area. You're listening to Be Inspired with Beasley, a podcast aimed to inspire and lift our community with actions that add value to the lives of our students here in Clayton County. Welcome to Be Inspired with Beasley. I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Today I have two awesome guests who are going to help us understand two topics. We're going to discuss the vaccine in light of this pandemic we're currently in and also our summer school options and we're going to try to merge because we know that while the vaccine is not necessarily offered to our school age children we know that there are many activities that they can do to help families get informed and engaged so i have honored today to have our director of pharmacy at the southern regional medical center Dr. Edwards, we're glad to have you, Dr. Edwards. Thank you, glad to be here. And then of course we have our, I think I will call her everything science, <laughs> everything summer school, uh, right here, our science coordinator, we have Ms. Janetta Greenwood. Good to see you, Janetta. Good to see you as well, Dr. Beasley. Well, we're excited to have both of you here. And I know both of you have been working together to really help our community get informed about the vaccine. So what I'd like to do is, let's start there. I know we coincided our decision to reopen schools with the rollout of the vaccine for educators. So our employees are getting vaccinated, vaccinated, whether with us or beyond our school system. We're pleased that I wanna say as of the other day, over 2000 of our employees have been vaccinated at our in-school district clinic. And we're very appreciative to Student Support Services, Safety and Security uh, for really creating that opportunity for our employees. And I want to say many more are scheduled to be vaccinated in the upcoming days and weeks. So let's talk about uh, what you two have been collaborating on relative to the vaccine. And even if we could talk, talk about the different types of vaccine that are available, what we believe our students can do to help families get informed and hopefully uh, motivate and encourage those adults to take the vaccine. So what's been going on? I'll, I'll start with you, Janetta, and then we'll pitch it over to Dr. Edwards, who will give us an update as to what's happening at Southern Regional. Great, thank you, Dr. Beasley. So um, Dr. Edwards and myself, we've been working closely over the last couple of months. Um, we initiated our public health campaign by doing a survey of parents and students just to see what their perceptions were around COVID-19 as well as the vaccine. And then from that information, we launched a information campaign to really start informing students and using students as influencers to inform their community regarding the different options around the vaccinations as well as COVID-19. So what did the survey tell you? So the survey really let us see that um, parents are getting their information as well as students from a variety of resources and sources. And some, some of the information and some of the questions they had were valid questions just around um, how it's gonna impact them, if they had concerns around um, the vaccine itself leading to any type of long-term effects, as well as just where can they get tested and where they can get the vaccine. So relative to uh, activities for students, what have we done to help inform, educate our community. 
Well, we did create an instructional package for our teachers to utilize to create units of study for students around just around a virus itself and how vaccines work themselves and allowing them to connect that information to some real world experiences around COVID-19. In addition to that, we also provided students with the opportunity to read about because we know reading is fundamental for our elementary students. So we wanted them to have an opportunity to read at their level about COVID-19 and vaccines. And we created a reading challenge around that. So students will get a chance to compete in a Jeopardy game to show what they've learned just from reading the books around COVID-19. Very good. Very good. So, Dr. Edwards, we have you here, and I know you're a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. So I know you are very informed about these various vaccines that are going on. Can you give us, as a community, just an update as to which vaccines are available and what may be the difference between each of the vaccines? Absolutely. Well, thank you. Um, so one of the things about the vaccines is that we had the opportunity in this year to be exposed to uh, newer technology with a couple of the vaccines using mRNA technology uh, as the basis for developing immunity. So currently in the United States, we have three different vaccines uh, that have been used. We have the Pfizer and Biotech vaccine, uh, which is an mRNA vaccine. We also have the Moderna vaccine, which is a different mRNA vaccine technology. And then you have your Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is considered considered a uh, viral vector technology uh, where they use a different uh, common virus, but they uh, actually have that injected in order to elicit the immune response. So those are the three different vaccines that are have been available. Uh, we do know that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is on pause right now, uh, but for the two that are currently being administered, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, both of those use the mRNA uh, vaccine technology. So. I, you know, I, it's been a long time since I had biology mm -hmm. in college and in high school. So I know mRNA is messenger uh, ribonucleic acid. Yes, sir. Some of our <laughs> listeners may remember that when they studied the cell, right? Mm -hmm. Studied the cell when they were in high school biology. What does that mean when you say mRNA and they, they use that to create a vaccine? They don't actually get the virus then. Clearly. That's correct. So uh, it's a type of genetic material. So our body, um, the way it works, we know that we have DNA, which is the deoxyribonucleic acid uh, that makes up our hard-coded genetic material. Uh, the mRNA, which is the messenger ribonucleic acid, is what our body uses to transcribe our DNA and convert it from the hard code to the ultimate proteins that our body needs okay. in order to uh, function for in day-to-day -day life. So there's a variety of different codes that the mRNA can be used to transcribe into proteins that eventually get you uh, the biological functions. So viruses use uh, DNA or RNA as well. And what the technology does is it takes advantage of how specific codes in the genetic material will get you the protein that you need in order to elicit the response that you're wanting. So the scientists actually developed an mRNA fragment that can code for the spike protein. So yeah. we talked about the coronavirus, and it gets its name from the spikes that are on the surface of it. So they're basically... Those are protein those spikes. Those are protein okay. spikes. So those protein spikes are being coded. Uh, by our own gen genetic machinery in our cells. And what happens is that once we create those protein spikes, it then causes our natural immune system to respond and say, this isn't normal. We're going to 
start to develop antibodies against that so that if you ever get infected with the actual virus later, it will have the same protein so spike that will that it will recognize later on if you happen to be exposed to so the virus. So you're not getting the virus with the uh, with the mRNA, but you're getting uh, a protein or some message message that has the protein like the spike on the virus. It elicits a re- elicits a response from your body, your your uh, immune system. Mm-hmm. In the event that you get the virus, your body is well prepared to respond to that virus. Yes, and what's novel about it is that you're actually having your own body create the protein versus injecting the protein directly into the body. Um, So that's why it's a little bit different compared to other vaccines that we're accustomed to. We'll leave it right there. Sounds like (laughs) that that is some complicated science, but I do understand. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, that the Pfizer uh, vaccine now, is the Moderna uh, vaccine also an mRNA? Yes. Okay. Yes. So they're both coding for the same protein spike with some slight differences, differences. In, in how they're doing it. Um, but it's the same principle applies and where you're generating the protein. It allows your body to naturally respond to it as though it doesn't belong there. Okay. You get to develop the antibodies for the virus without actually being infected by the virus. So that if you come across someone who is exposed to the virus, then your body is more likely to quickly respond to it so that you do not become ill from the virus. Very good. Can you share, um, you know, we often hear about the effectiveness or the efficacy of the mm-hmm. of the vaccine. Uh, and I believe that the Pfizer efficacy is in the mid-90s. It is. And so just some of the things to keep in mind with efficacy is that uh, I think sometimes a lot of the information is a byproduct of what we didn't know in the past. And so now we're getting a lot of information now. Um, and if you can compare uh, efficacy of other vaccines compared to what we're seeing with the uh, Pfizer Moderna vaccines in particular, they're actually extremely effective. Um, so when they first came out with the emergency use authorization, they were in the mid-90s, 94, 95% effective. Um, six months later, they're still looking at around 90, 91% effective um, in terms of reducing the risk of anyone who has been fully vaccinated from actually uh, presenting with, with uh, positive COVID-19. So I've had the Pfizer vaccine, mm-hmm. and I know, I don't know, Jeanette, I don't know yes. if you've had your- I've had uh, Moderna. Moderna mm-hmm. and uh, Pfizer. Pfizer. And we were doing uh, the Johnson & Johnson until they paused it, but we're now doing the Pfizer uh, under the auspices of the Clayton County uh, mm-hmm. Board of Health. I really encourage people to, to get the vaccine uh, while we, we're not requiring, and I get that question often, do we require it? No, we don't, we don't require it. But I encourage people to get the vaccine. Um, you know, I often hear people say, well, we don't know what it's made out of. I don't, I don't know what was chicken pox vaccine was made out of. So, or the, the rubella or the measles. I don't know. Right. I mean, how many of you study those mm-hmm. vaccines? I didn't. Not I just, at all. They told me I needed it to get to school and I just got the vaccine and I've been OK. So I encourage people. But I have I have to the extent that I can can understand the science I have read and I feel very comfortable with the science behind the uh, the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. I encourage people to get the vaccine. Absolutely. And and I think one of the things that we can't emphasize enough is um, 
risk of severity of disease. Um, that one of the things being in the hospital setting, um, we see those patients that are experiencing the worst side of or the worst complications from COVID-19. And while we're grateful that majority of the people that test positive for COVID-19 do not find themselves coming to the hospital or getting very ill, we do see quite a bit of patients that still are getting very ill and perhaps those who do not think that they're at high risk. Um, so getting back to the survey that we conducted early on at baseline, two of the areas that we wanted to make sure that people understood in terms of risk factors were not just age, which was what we emphasized early on, but also what we call comorbidities or other diseases. And that can include obesity, morbid obesity, hypertension, diabetes. Um, I've heard someone say, if you're taking a pill, you're at high risk. So uh, if, if you, or if you have asthma, any kind of respiratory uh, illnesses, uh, we really want to make sure that if you fall into any of those categories that you do consider yourself high risk of complications, if in fact you get uh, COVID-19. The vaccines are highly effective. Uh, we do recommend that if you're getting vaccinated with either Pfizer or Moderna, the peak efficacy is two weeks after you've received your second okay. dose. Um, so I know that a lot of times people get, will get their first dose and might think, oh, well, that's good enough. Or, you know, I can uh, not wear a mask. No, we still encourage people to follow the uh, guidelines around social distancing, wearing masks, all of that. Um, but we can't emphasize enough that um, a lot of people in the African-American community, Latino community, have a higher percentage of obesity, diabetes, hypertension, respiratory illnesses, including asthma, that would put them at high risk. And so we definitely want to make sure uh, that they get vaccinated. And additionally, even if you don't fall into those categories, you think you're relatively happy. Uh, healthy, it's about protecting those who you love. That's right. You really have to be mindful that if you get sick, a lot of the infections um, from people who uh, were in different households uh, were from asymptomatic carriers. That's a very real thing. Your nephew or cousin or daughter goes out and then they bring it home to you. Um, and the reality is that there have been those situations where the younger family member who was asymptomatic gives it to an older or high risk family member and they don't have the best outcomes. So we want to encourage people to, if it's not about even protecting yourself, protect the people that you love because you never know when someone might have that high risk condition that you might not know about. They might not know about it but you could be saving their life as well as saving your life by getting vaccinated. I think that's a, an excellent point to make that sometimes we have those who are asymptomatic, they don't have any symptoms, but they may be carrying the virus. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily about you, it's about those you love and others that you come in contact with. And we have to be very mindful and considerate of that as well. Very good, very good. How would you describe the, uh, the vaccination participation at Southern Regional? How are you all uh, vaccinating at Southern Regional? We are vaccinating our employees and our family members in, of employees, and that has been a phenomenal service to the community. Uh, we're also been partnering with our Clayton County Board of Health 
um, and even Clayton County Fire and Emergency uh, Management Services to make sure that they have their vaccine stored um, at the proper temperature um, and supporting whatever their vaccine needs are because they are doing a phenomenal job vaccinating Clayton County residents at large. Um, I can tell you that their team is really dedicated and committed to making sure that they have as many slots open as possible, as many days of the week um, to get as many people vaccinated as they can, um, upwards of several hundred to uh, even a thousand getting vaccinated. So uh, come one, come all as you see those slots open, uh, please reach out because we want to make sure that we give every person in Clayton County an opportunity to get vaccinated. We even get people who aren't able to find vaccines in their county uh, coming to Clayton County to get vaccinated, but we definitely want to encourage the residents here to get vaccinated. I know that the school system is not only vaccinating our employees, but also family members, and we uh, have now opened it up for students who are 16 yes. and older and their family members. And so we just encourage everyone uh, to take full advantage of these opportunities and get vaccinated. I went to Monday's Mill High School to get my second vaccine at the end of March. And the Board of Health had an, an excellent process. I walked in there like no one knew who I was. I was that few people knew who I was. <laughs> but I walked in there and I think I had about 60 or 70 people in front of me. I was out of there in, in no more than 45 minutes. Yes. It was just amazing. So I encourage people, and we're, they're still, I believe, at Monday's Meal, uh, the Board of Health. I encourage everyone uh, to get vaccinated, take advantage, whether you do it within our county, using the opportunities that exist within our county, or you decide to go elsewhere, get vaccinated. Remember, it's not just about you. It's also about the loved one, your loved ones and, and others. Get vaccinated. Anything else you want to add about the uh, the vaccine or that conversation before we pivot over to learning opportunities? Just uh, I can't thank you guys enough for just your innovation with wanting to make sure that we acknowledge that we get a lot of information from a lot of different sources. But one of the greatest sources that our parents can get information from is from their children. They do listen. Um, and uh, the children responded, the students responded with a lot of amazing questions that were very insightful, that spoke to how much they were paying attention to what is going on. Um, so I simply appreciate the fact that the students in, in this school district um, are aware, they're engaged, and they're wanting to take action to make sure that they give their parents and their extended family members the information they need to be empowered to make the best decisions. Thank you for sharing that. I do have one more question. I know initially when the vaccine was rolling out, people were, they were concerned that the, the access was inequitable relative to people of color. From your perspective, is that an issue within our county? To be honest, I think our county has done a phenomenal job with ensuring access um, from promoting it um, to making sure that we have enough uh, vaccination slots open to assistance with getting people signed up to be vaccinated. Um, and hey, if, if one person has a car, you can pick up four other people uh, that that has been helpful as well. So 
Clayton County has actually done a phenomenal job. And I know they're not here, but the Board of Health has done an incredible job with making sure that Clayton County residents get vaccinated. I would agree. And they're even uh, they have mobile vaccine. Yes. Vaccine. They will drive to persons who cannot uh, don't have transportation or incapacitated, et cetera, senior citizens, et cetera. So no reason for anyone not to get the vaccine. So access should not be an issue. Um, so absolutely. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you, uh, uh, Dr. Edwards. I guess before I go to Janetta, I know you were engaged in uh, collabor collaborating with Janetta on these instructional activities. What are your thoughts about the instructional activities that the students were engaged in? I, I'm just amazed at how, again, the level of participation and excitement around wanting to learn more and do more um, around COVID-19. Uh, the different um, sources of information uh, where a lot of the students are getting their information from social media, but now they're using social media to actually be influencers of the awesome. information that they're receiving. Um, so that's been a, a phenomenal uh aspect of what we're seeing. And I'm really looking forward to the engagement with the games as well, um, just to see how, how much they really retain. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Janetta, I know the, the semester year has been a, a year and I know you've been planning while you've been working on the, the vaccination information awareness, et cetera. You've been planning in regular science instruction every day in schools and, and, and you've been planning for a, a very engaging, robust summer offering of of learning opportunities so what what's going to happen what you, you you think that we'll see more uh more engagement this summer yes sir um as you can see as dr Eric was just pointing out the covid 19 situation has really highlighted the knowledge or the need for knowledge around science mm -hmm. and math and technology and engineering because this is molecular engineering that's wow. happening with mRNA. So we really wanted to make sure we provided students this summer with the opportunity to engage in some of those thinking practices, those collaboration practices and content so they can start to see how they can make a difference in the world. Today is Earth Day and a lot of the things that Dr. Erwish just brought up in regards to morbidity and some of those factors that you see, those disparities in health, that's directly related to the environment. So our students this summer will be engaging in some environmental um, opportunities, some math, some reading, some writing. So we have our STEM camps, which starts June 2nd through June 11th. And the students will have eight days to engage in a variety of STEM-related um, um, learning opportunities around environment, around um, coding, around a lot of different STEAM and STEM-driven ideas. Are they virtual or face-to-face -face or both? They are both. Okay. So we wanted to make sure, especially because we have the vaccine available available now, that students had the choice and parents had the choice in how they engage in summer learning. So students will actually have the opportunity to either come face to face or engage virtually from home. What would you say to the family or mom or dad who say, "Oh, I'm just tired of I'm just I'm virtual out," I, <laughs> or uh, or we need a break? What would you say to encourage them to participate? or get the children to sign up to participate in these summer activities? I would tell mom and dad, I promise you, your child will not feel like they are learning this summer. They will be engaged in so much um, hands-on, minds-on opportunities Good. to learn that, that they will not feel like it's their traditional experience. It's truly going to be experience that they will not stop talking about to you when you get home from work. And it's not that many days. So it's not that many days. they'll go by quickly, won't it they? It will go by very fast. 
So we've got a lot of STEM opportunities, but I also know we've got some acceleration and, and of course, more acceleration and remediation. But we've got some uh, opportunities for kids to work on reading and math and and uh, writing, et cetera. Can you just share about those opportunities as well? Yes, sir, I sure can. So um, also in the month of June, um, right after our STEM camps end, students can also then engage in our Summer Enrichment Academy, which uh, addresses reading, writing, and math. But once again, it won't be set up in this traditional way. Students will have a lot of fun engaging in various ways of learning and remediating if necessary, but also accelerating their knowledge around those core content areas. How many days of instruction will they have there? They have 15 days. Okay, so once again, it's just enough time to really, really dig in, but not, a, not long enough to make it where they have fatigue. At the so end. they'll still have some summertime. They will course. still have summertime. Very good. Very good. And I know we're, you know, in our in our county, we're always focused on accelerating students, advancing learning for all students, ensuring that every, all of our kids get accelerated math, earn high school credit in, in middle school, take advanced placement. What's happening with the advanced learning for all? What opportunities exist there? So after a very short break in July, we will have students in around July 19th um, engaging in advanced learning for all. That particular program is for students who are in our accelerated programs. And as you mentioned, all our students are in accelerated right. programs. So um, we have a focus on our middle schools, math and science, once again, so they can actually do accelerated math preparation before they get to sixth grade, as well as before they enter the seventh grade and eighth grade as a kind of a week um, preview of what they're about to um, engage in during the academic year. I must say that uh, with your effort and that of your colleagues who are leading the various content areas in our county, we have more middle school kids, eighth graders earning high school credit now before they even get to high school than we've ever had. That is correct. And that is awesome. Our kids, are, they, are, they are getting so many opportunities to accelerate themselves. and. That allows them to even participate in advanced placement, dual enrollment a lot sooner. And then you all know the money they save when they participate in dual enrollment, advanced placement, potentially. They can basically land in college and, and, and hopefully have half of the freshman year already completed yes, sir. right here in high school, which is a money saver. And, of course, it helps them to achieve post-secondary graduation uh, a whole lot sooner. So that's amazing. And Dr. Beasley, if I can mention, Please. for our middle school, we actually are preparing them for that high school course at eighth grade with the sixth grade and seventh grade courses that they're in. Wow. So we are actually providing them access to that content early on as sixth graders and seventh graders to create that foundation so that when they get to eighth grade, they don't find it as challenging because they've already been exposed to it. That's awesome. Awesome to hear. And I know, you know, it starts very early, so I know we've got some early learning opportunities. I know we've got a, we even have a kindergarten uh, camp. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening for the early learners? Yes, sir. So we also are offering kinder camp, um, and that is for our pre-K, and that is an opportunity for students to engage once again during the summer in learning some of those very important skills and um, academic um, pieces that they need to be successful as kindergarten students. Now, one thing you mentioned, you said it's virtual. So even if parents are traveling this summer, yes. the kids may get a little bored even traveling. They can have a, their lap, their Chromebooks and laptops. They can be engaged virtually. Yes, sir. So it's an opportunity for everybody to be engaged. So, yes, sir. We found that was very helpful last summer that okay. students that went to stay with their grandparents yeah. for the summer were still able to engage in our summer experiences. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, 
Anything else you want to add about our summer learning opportunities? Well, I would just say get ready, get set, and engage because that is truly what the students will be doing the entire summer. Thank you, Janetta. So today we've talked about the vaccine. We encourage everyone to get the vaccine, the ones that are available, and we've talked about summer learning opportunities. You say, well, how did you bridge all of this? Because a lot of what we're doing with the vaccine, with our uh, student activities, you'll see a lot of that occurring in our various summer programs as well. It's really about STEM thinking. And Janetta, as we close out, remind everyone, what is STEM thinking? STEM thinking. So for those that may not know what STEM stands for, it stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And STEM thinking is really about making sure that our students have the skills around collaboration, critical thinking, creativity, because we really want them to recognize that it takes more than just the knowledge of the content. You have to be able to do something with that content. So STEM thinking is allowing students to apply the knowledge into some real world contexts and be innovative in their thinking. Now, I can hear someone say, well, you said STEM. What about STEAM? So what's happening <laughs> well, relative to the arts in Clayton County? Now, everyone should know what's happening, but please. Well, I will say that because you have that creativity aspect, arts are always embedded yeah. in STEM and STEAM because it truly takes a creative brain and a creative mind to really come up with some very nuances to ideas. So the things around the, the dance and the acting and the various things that we definitely offer at one of our top schools, Steelwell School of the arts, you can really know that we are really recognizing the importance of the arts in all the other contents as well. And technology hits every area. How many of us don't use technology in all of our various fields? Absolutely. We use it all the time. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Well, today has been an exciting, an exciting opportunity to talk about the vaccine with Dr. Edwards, the director of pharmacy at Southern Regional Hospital right here in Clayton County. And of course, our I'll call her the queen of science, Ms. Janetta Greenwood, our science coordinator right here in Clayton County. I want to say thank you for participating. Thank you for listening as we have tried to share and keep our community right here in Clayton County informed. You've listened with, uh, you've listened to Dr. Beasley with, on Inspired with Beasley. Remember, we want you to take action. I encourage all of you to join the conversation. You may submit questions, comments, and opinions to podcast at clayton.k12.ga.us. Tune in to future episodes by su subscribing to the Be Inspired with Beasley podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can always access each episode on the district's website. Again, www.clayton.k12.ga.us. Again, I'm Dr. Morris J. Beasley serving here as superintendent of Clayton County Public Schools. I'm here to serve and to keep our community engaged and informed. Until the next time, thank you for participating. Remember, it's been a day to be inspired with Beasley, a podcast for Clayton County. Thank you.